the US has a lot of content, companies, people, materials, etc., all collectively together, an organization that helps glue that together. Europe doesn't have that. What Europe does is have is a great ecosystem of investors putting vast amounts of money into SaaS companies without any any piece joined up to see what the impact is of channel partners within those organizations. So there's a lot of strategic partnerships and technical integrations and things that happen, but nobody's pulling that glue together around Europe. So for me, it's like I can't get a grasp of the picture of what impact is uh, you know, a channel partner manager having in the SaaS organization in Europe. I could go and get an answer for that in the US. I could go and read a report, you know, Crossbeam have just come out report, Impact have, you watch Forrester, you watch Jay, you know, a lot of that stuff is great, but it just talks about the US market, mm. um, which I love the US. I love it to pieces, but I live in Europe. <laughs> so right. I think this will be a representation of Europe to, to give the same sort of data, research components, and value back. All right. It's time for another episode of the Cold Star Project. We are hopping back into season one because Stuart Townsend here, the founder of Cloud Vision, approached me and said, hey, we did an episode back in season one. And Stuart was one of my first guests in this uh, on this show way back in the olden times, um, you know, when we used whale oil for lamp lighting and illumination and all kinds of wonderful things. And now uh, he's back and he's asked me to be on. And I said, absolutely, because he is a uh, software channel marketing consultant. So those of you who are operating software as a service firm, listen up. Uh, if you've got a product to offer, you should probably be talking to Stuart. So Stuart, welcome back. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. And I did enjoy the olden times as well. The dark days were, were really good. But um, <laughs> at the moment, we're, we're in the dark ages in the UK with three storms hitting us and snow. So it'll right. be a perfect time to get back on the show and have a conversation because we can't go outside or do anything again. Mm. <laughs> well, at least we're not living in tents anymore. So, nope. tell, <laughs> so you are a channel marketing expert. Uh, you're starting this thing called Cloud Vision. Tell us about you know, what has changed since our last conversation, which, which I've mentioned to you, uh, I do Google Docs for each guest. Each guest who is going to be on the show gets a Google Doc set up so that we can put some Q&A in there. Your original episode was number 15 of those, and we're above, I think this one was number 145, and we're beyond that. So it has been a long time in between. What has changed in the channel marketing field? Yeah, it feels like it has been a long time as well. It? Now you've said that, now it feels like it's really old. Um, so in terms of what's changed, I think there's more of a maturity coming around um, channel partnerships as a whole. Uh, but the, the challenges that we still have in the space is the C-level execs not sort of buying into mm. it or understanding it. So we're, we're seeing the SaaS organizations out there, uh, you know, since they're probably getting their first Series A, uh, starting to start up partnership conversations or hire a lot sooner or a lot shorter. Um, which, say, two years ago wasn't really happening. It was still the backbone of let's push it to the, you know, we've got 60 million, 80 million, we've got massive investment, and suddenly we need to go IPO and we need somebody in that can accelerate that revenue. Um, so that's really interesting. You start to see that more front-loaded now and more, more of that piece. Um, you start to see maturity around partner products, PRMs, marketing automation. Um, interesting with the D GDPR Act in Europe and it coming to California and spreading to the US and bringing our data love over there as well. Um, people are popping up into that partner space because when you're in, um, when you operate an indirect model, you're normally sharing leads with partners and you're sharing data or that partner's got a list of accounts that they want to put through your marketing automation platform. So there's a whole suite of products that are set up around that. So 
I'd say, you know, more of a maturity coming to a space where there's tools beyond just spreadsheets and Salesforce CRM um, to dig you out of it around that. And there's, there's more of an ecosystem, I'd say, as well, a community. So uh, I think, is it next month or April? I forget the date. No, it's April. So the Cloud Software Association have their big global gathering in um, San Francisco in April. And that is all people that work in, not all people, obviously, all the people that can go um, that work in SaaS organizations in a channel role or selling that type of software. And it's a great space to go network, understand the complexities, talk to the people that write the reports and surveys and find out what's happening in the space. Um, so there's about 400 people that gather around that. So that's, that's great. So I'm, I'm flying out to San Francisco for that, mm. take my little English accent. Um, and again, you know, we all discuss about what's happening. There's still issues and complexities complaints and everybody complains but there isn't any SaaS organization whether it's in channel marketing or whether you know the person that's making the tea <laughs> interesting <laughs> so uh i heard you mention something in there that i'm going to ask about cold star has done a lot of work with SaaS firms um, in the customer development and process improvement areas but uh, marketers we are not in that respect uh, we do have a great uh, CMO named Stephen Monaco is an IBM futurist and ran a $50 million software company, but Coldstar is not really a software company. So you mentioned an indirect approach. So I'm assuming that there, this is indirect marketing leading to sales. And I'd like to hear what that is. This will be the educational component of the show, kids. Uh, yeah. Let's contrast indirect and direct marketing approaches for yeah. SaaS firms. Yeah, no, that's cool. So again, if I just recap what indirect is as a whole, um, to give context around that so and, and it's you know the, the, the amount of times that i get asked this by people that have been in the software sector for a long time it's it's one of those it's just sort of has different terms but channel or indirect is where you're selling your software through a third party hmm. and the best way to think about it is when you go to the grocery store and you buy an orange that just didn't get shipped to the grocery store they bought it off somebody else so simple model um, indirect marketing is just where um, you're a SaaS, SaaS provider, you've got your customer service software or whatever it may be, and you're selling that through uh, another partner. You provide them the marketing materials, the beat sheets and everything like that to send out mm. to their existing clients or new clients. Sometimes it works the other way where they provide you leads, and they provide you their contacts and you send that out. But then you've got this whole data aspect. So indirect marketing is just, just um, a definition of where the channel is using your SaaS provided marketing material, co-branding themselves, sending out to their clients to entice them. Um, and it works on the basis that as a SaaS vendor, you should know if you've got the right processes in place, what pieces of content touch people, make an impact and close sales. Uh, but we won't go down that route because we could be here for about four hours. Right. <laughs> and we may have covered that stuff in the previous episode. I, I, well. think, we, I think we had a good rant about that last time. Yeah, I will link to it in the, in the description. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're starting something called Cloud Vision. Talk to us about what situations that you have seen uh, channel marketers, software companies get into that um, have demonstrated to you, holy cow, somebody needs to step in and do something about this. Yeah, so this, this is where uh, I'll apologize to the U.S. audience now. Mm -hmm. um, so the U.S. is really well covered from an indirect and channel perspective. There's the Cloud Software Association. There's meetups in every single city known to man. Um, there's lots of community aspects for people that work as channel managers, marketeers, um, channel partners. You know, there's 250 job titles for a channel person. Um, what there isn't is that 
that spokesperson or that clarity of data for the European Union. Um, there's lots of SaaS companies in, in the EU. Um, there's lots of people working there in partnership models, um, but there isn't a representation of what that data looks like. So, you know, a typical sort of survey data of how many people are there, what products they're using, how much revenue they're generating through the partner channel, that component and pieces of research, but also then bringing that community together so that we can all moan about stuff, um, but collectively come up with ideas to solve that moaning. Um, so like I say, that, that my vision is to be the glue to bring that together. A bit like when a sort of big data week, sort of four or five, maybe longer years ago, was just acting as an anchor to bring those communities, let them do their own thing and sort of set themselves up. Because I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to travel to every single city across Europe. It'd be nice, but it'd just take forever. And um, I'd just be spending my days on trains and planes. Um, but yeah, to bring that community together, share news and insights, what's going on, you know, as much coverage as I can, and start to get best practices and knowledge share going so that those people that have entered that position for the first time have a set of resources and know what they're doing and some, somewhere to go um, mm -hmm. around that. You've got news of what's happening in the sector. So what's the latest products? How to work with partners? Is there a decline in the partner sector um, around that? And then again, I'll be starting to interview these people uh, and bring them together into that community and, and share that knowledge um, around that. So that again, we've got a, a sort of collective thought process. That's, okay. So yeah. community is the name of the game here. And that is super, super important today. Uh, I think maybe, maybe it's always been important, probably yeah. more important than any individual product or service. Hey, this is Jason Canigan, the host of the Cold Star Project and the founder of Cold Star Technologies. I've decided to do something new. I've started doing daily update videos on who I met and what I learned the previous day in the space field. And it's a great sort of follow me thing. You can learn what I learn. I'm meeting a heck of a lot of people and learning a lot of things really fast. And the space field is really disparate. There are tons of nooks and crannies to go into and explore from legal, operational, you know, regulatory, compliance and gosh the end customer who would have thought about that right so you can sign up for this if you go to coldstartech.com slash msb that's short for make space boring the mission we're on then you can sign up and in your email you will get a daily notification that the new video has been posted I'm also thinking about doing some branded mini courses and summarizing papers as uh, I'm able to. So those will be some goodies that are in there as well. So if you're interested in that, go to coldstartech.com MSB and join us on the mission to make space boring. Now back to the interview. Uh, what values are you bringing to the table here where you're saying, look, these are really important? Yeah, for me, I mean, it's just one key value, which is knowledge share. And, you know, if you... It's hard in nowadays in, in the world nowadays, and and it's sort of you know cutthroat about knowledge, and everyone wants to be first, and they want to do this. Well, that doesn't benefit anybody. So for me, it's about uh, bringing that knowledge share, bring what you've got to the table, not being antagonistic and sort of being detrimental. Because in in this type of it's bizarre in the sort of you know direct sales is direct sales, and to, you you go for a job, and then you become VP of sales, or you know you move up, but you know you're selling direct to a client in the channel partner chart channel marketing or sort of the indirect world you tend to stumble into it hmm. it's not the sort of thing you leave school and go i'm going to be into indirect sales you, you just yeah. wander into that role with no training no idea of where you're going in a sense and you sort of pick it up from your peers and within that you may pick up 
you know not very good practices or sort of not the right thinking and not the way you should treat your partners um so yeah it's, it's about that knowledge share and being excuse me ethically correct and um following the sort of a, a best of be breast of breed um practice around that Okay, so I'm hearing about breaking down barriers and, and uh, getting people in a room who aren't normally together in the room, which is critical in every industry. And I've seen that so many times starting with the municipal experience back in North Vancouver, you know, um, a ridiculously long time ago now, <laughs> coming up to 18 years ago right now. Uh, you get you get two plus two equals five in those situations. It's quite yeah. interesting. So um and and accuracy of information seems to be important too you don't just want the blind leading the blind so uh and, and i've seen that where you get uh, accountants who are very nice and good accountants and they end up in accounting software sales for their firm because uh, it's it's a natural thing right and then yeah. somebody's got to service that uh, but when you go through a contraction in the industry like we did after 2008 where microsoft and sage really put the hammer down on their channel partners uh, made them start doing cold calling, took away their warm leads uh, because they were doing a lot of provision for that. It was a disaster. Um, I was in sales training at the time and I talked to a lot of accounting folks who were literally crying about the situation that they were in and many left the, the field. They didn't want to do it. So having a community to go to where they can <laughs> at least express themselves in that sort of situation uh, would be very valuable. Now, that's on the negative side. On the positive side of things, of course, we're talking about growth. Um, I, I'm curious how you plan to attract uh, knowledgeable members to the community so that there is that, that uh, accurate knowledge to disseminate. Good, good question. Um, so some, some, some research first and sort of scraping data to get that list is proving the most interesting part. But that'll be part of the interview process, just a little bit like yourself, Jason, preparing sort of a, a, a portfolio of information on that person before that call and going through that. And that, that interview, that podcast will be um, like interviewing for a job for membership in a sense. But also uh, the way I look at this is a couple of sort of communities that I'm part of. And what I've really liked about some of them is it's invite only. So mm -hmm. you've got to be recommended twice you know one recommendation second recommendation mm -hmm. and you do go through an interview type process to be part of that community um what i'm not a great a great believer in is just sort of random people that don't contribute you know you open a slack channel and it's like it's dead <laughs> there's tumbleweed right. flowing through you know community has to be um grown and nurtured and that's that's my job to do that but it has to have the right people in there. So, yeah, I would use the, you can use the interview and the verification type scheme um, around that to get people in. So it's not just a, yeah, I'm part of that. I've got a badge or I can sort of get access to the research and the material, um, but never contribute, never give back mm -hmm. um, around that. But also, you know, again, that's, it's not a closed door type policy because like I say, people have sort of stumbled into this or, you know, what I see a lot is that direct sales are given a, an indirect sort of partner to manage or do something with and don't really know where to start and not do it correctly. And, and they're the sort of people that I can help through this and go, well, here's some best practices, here's some structure, here's how you should do this, here's, here's how to approach it, because um, it's not their fault, they just weren't aware of it. Right. So I'm imagining you can offer some courses, you can offer some live training, um, you can bring in guests. Uh, 
what, yeah. what kind of a platform are we talking about here? So at the moment, it's just a bog standard boring website, um, WordPress instance. Mm -hmm. But then again, I'm sort of toying this uh, is a product that is just coming to market that I'm working with a, a provider around to build a front end skin so we can have a private community rather than mm -hmm. just going to a Slack channel um, mm -hmm. around that. And that would then enable that sort of community spirit and that closed door approach rather than just joining a Slack channel. You have to mm -hmm. go through this process before you get entry. And then within that, you can then share the files, information, and keep it contained and secure uh, in that environment. So yeah, it's a little company in Manchester that we're working with at the moment mm -hmm. around that just so we can we can keep it that way. And there's loads of membership sites and groups and training sort of plugins and instances. But for me, it was just uh, this particular platform is built um, around the UK's National Health Service requirements. So data integrity, GDPR, all of that stuff is built in. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so it makes my life a whole lot easier and I don't have to get sued by anybody for really sort of data breaches um, around that. So yeah, that is that is the plan at the moment. It's all sort of uh, coming together and getting the team sort of finalized around that. Okay. So there needs to be some kind of central communication system. Uh, the storage and the delivery part of it is easy, but the talking between people, I think, um, could be a little more challenging to figure out how do you want that to look? Slack is, is, is good because it's quick, but on the other hand, um, information disappears very quickly, right? You can still search, I guess, with paid stuff, but um, to even think to search might be difficult, right? right? And then if you've got a horde of people all talking at once, it can get jumbled even with different channels and that. Whereas a forum is more permanent, the stuff stays there, it's more delineated about who's talking. So I, which one of those are you leaning towards? It's, this is definitely a forum methodology. Mm -hmm. um, the way this is structured is that individuals can set up, I'm gonna contain it at first, because otherwise what we will have is, uh, individuals have the ability to set up little groups, but then you've got hundreds of groups and nothing happens in them. Whereas mm -hmm. like saying a forum structure, a question is asked and the group responds right. and then it's kept for historic purposes. Yeah. So five years down the line, somebody's asking a question, you know, you start to build up your knowledge base and your articles from that very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I'm more a believer of that than like say Slack, you have to search back through, did yeah. somebody ask it? The group gets angry because you're asking the basic question, which the answer to weeks ago and yeah so no i think you know that you know the forum definitely does work and i think for me that just also brings out sort of a picture of what's happening in uh, in this particular space and sector mm -hmm. um, I mean, i'm a couple in a couple of private groups and a lot of the discussions at the moment is around world recession <laughs> coronavirus mm -hmm. um, supply chain those sort of components but you can see but then people are putting really intelligent articulate sort of components answers in there so you think wow okay this is this is great but that'll sit there for four years and it'll all be forgotten about and they can go and revisit again right well i like it uh, i think the the forum is is a better choice and i like the idea of you're thinking about groups because uh, i remember a long time ago maybe even back in college so somewhere in the middle 90s maybe uh some somebody a communications instructor something mentioned lawyers if they're bringing stuff to a trial, they want a big fat file rather than a bunch of tiny files because it's too easy to misfile something. And if it's in the little file of which you've got 20, it's easy to miss that one and, and forget it. Whereas if you've got five big fat files, uh, you know, hey, it may take you a second to find it, but at least it's in there. Yeah. So at least I like you know that you're there. thinking about it. 
Um, so we've got values. We've got um, who, who should be there and that. Let's say it's three to four years from now. Let's jump in the time machine. What do you want to see? What does this look like? Um, I think it's, it's a similar sort of model that I've done before, really, is it becomes self-sustaining. A group moderates itself. People know where to go. Um, and it becomes, you know, its own entity. But for me, it's about, you know, in four years' time, somebody can say, all right, okay, I'm in a SaaS organization. I'm selling stuff. My boss has just turned around to me and said, this partner thing seems okay. It's on your plate. Go and deal with it. There's resources and material and stuff that they can go and get straight away and not have to think, uh, I don't know where to start, make mistakes, do it incorrectly. Uh, you know, so that guidance. But I think also showing the growth of the partner ecosystem within Europe over the, you know, the last three or four years, talking about Doctor Who future time um, and seeing how that's expanding, the number of headcounts in there, how it's contributing to the economy. And again, because I think, you know, I just sort of touched on this point at the start, it's changing the, I want to change the perception of channel. Mm. Um, in, in a lot of SaaS organizations at sea level or, or downwards, or just generally, it's not seen as being contributory. It's not seen as actually having an impact. It's sort of pushed to the bottom of the pile. So with the data that can validate that in a community, um, yeah, you know, that, that would definitely give the value back and show that. So. That's what I'd like to see if, if I could get it so the C-level execs and SaaS companies were like, the first thing we need to do once we build direct is build indirect. My job is done. I can retire. <laughs> okay. And let's go pick up the stuff from, from Cloud Vision. Yeah. Help us implement that and know what to focus on. Exactly. <clears throat> you can't afford to be second best. You need to be first. And that requires speed. Now, if you're thinking that growth is supposed to be slow and steady, Frankly, the way I was taught back in the 90s in the operations management and business administration programs, you are too slow. We have to adapt. And in space, it's no different than anywhere else. People like to think they're special in space, and it is fun, all the stuff we get to work on, but business is business. The fundamentals nowadays are conservative growth is not good. You need to run as fast as you can and risk outstripping your supply lines, which means in our world, using up the capital that we've got. That's a risk, but there is no prize for second place. There certainly is no prize for third. If you want to scale operationally fast, come talk to us at Cold Star Tech. We are the process experts for scaling fast. Now back to the interview. So, uh, and, and I, one thing I think we haven't stressed enough is the European focus that, that you've got here. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, so um, again, you know, the US has a lot, of, a lot of content companies, people, materials, et cetera, all collectively together, an organization that helps glue that together. Europe doesn't have that. Um, what Europe does is have is a great ecosystem of investors putting vast amounts of money into SaaS companies um, without any, any piece joined up to see what the impact is of channel partners within those organizations. So there's a lot of um, strategic partnerships and technical integrations and things that happen, but nobody's pulling that glue together around Europe. Um, so for me, it's like I can't get a grasp of the picture of what impact is uh, you know, a channel partner manager having in a SaaS organization in Europe. Um, I could go and get an answer for that in the US. I could go and read a report, you know, Crossbeam have just come out with a report, Impact have. You watch Forrester, you watch Jay. Um, 
you know, a lot of that stuff is great, but it just talks about the US market, mm. um, which I love the US. I love it to pieces, but I live in Europe. <laughs> so right. I think this will be a representation of Europe to, to give the same sort of data, research components and, uh, and value back um, around that. Okay. I'm curious, we're winding up here, I think. Uh, I'm curious, though, how you are going to help uh, the executives coming into this group get over the worry of sharing their proprietary data. Yeah, so that, that's the piece that I've not solved yet, and I'll, I'll overcome that with, I'll either get that information or I won't. And I think, again, um, I can ask those questions around that. Uh, you know, once a company's going to IPO, it's public knowledge anyway, it's mm -hmm. publicly available. Some will want to protect that. Some will want to talk about it as well. So I don't think I'll get that all the time, and I mm -hmm. think I'll get a range. But I, again, you know, the, the piece I want to convey to anybody that I talk to is, this is to show the greater good, the impact that your role and people like you are having in SaaS companies in Europe. You know, if, if everybody just thinks that it's just 1% is, is being going through partners in SaaS companies, you know, it's, execs won't get it. If they see that a lot of SaaS organizations are bringing 15% of the revenue through indirect partners, they'll start to accelerate that and bring that forward in part of their, you know, their budgets and plans. Um, so the data... I won't say the data never lies because it can be nurtured, can't it? Um, but, you know, the data will help with that justification. So it's a bit of give and take. And, you know, it can be confidential. I can mask it. You know, I can make it a sort of neutral um, type survey, which just gives the agnostic piece rather than naming it. So uh, there's, there's, there's a couple of ways to skin, skin that cat. But the end game is to prove that channel does work. It brings revenue to organizations. And it's probably more than you think. Very cool. Okay. Well, that was a tough question. I appreciate your answer. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. So Stuart Townsend, founding Cloud Vision. How can people get a hold of you? Let's say they want to be an early adopter and get in. Uh, what should they do? Where should they go? Yeah. So at the moment, um, Channel Vision is being built out, um, being branded, all the boring stuff's happening in the back end. Um, but that will be live in a couple of weeks' time. So you can get a hold of me at Stuart at channel.vision. Or for now, the easiest place. LinkedIn, you can find me. The only thing is if you do search for Stuart Townsend, go S-T-E-W-A-R-T. -T. If you search for the other one, you get a very um, good looking actor from the 90s that all the women are talking about. And I, for no, for whatever reason, I can't get above them on Google. So <laughs> I've tried my best, but no. So yeah, come find me on, uh, on LinkedIn and contact there. And I'm happy to help. I do uh, as much as I can to sort of educate people, do calls, talk them through, share documents, whatever it may be, just to sort of get you through maybe some of the pain points around this uh, particular field. All right. All right, SaaS industry folks, especially in Europe, although if you're American, I'm sure you'll be uh, invited because you'll bring some oh, yeah. expertise across the pond. Uh, go connect with Stuart. And uh, also uh, remember to go check the description for the previous episode. Uh, you can uh, see a little bit more about how much Stuart knows about this field. I've appreciated having you on. Thanks for being here, Stuart. No, thank you. Thanks for the invite. Again, really, uh, really appreciate it. It's always good to talk about this stuff.